we are here at the Shared Universe podcast location in Eatontown. My name is Megan, and I am pleased to present our Kickball Change podcast, the KBC. And uh, for those that may not be familiar with a kickball change, it's a very common dance step. With a kickball change, you send your weight forward with one leg, you rock back, and you ultimately end up in the same place where you started. And I think with everything going on within the past year in in 2020, moving on to 2021, um, it's important to understand that no matter what the changes in your path take place, you can still move forward and follow your dreams. So I am pleased to be sharing our podcast with our co-host, Miss Maddie Beekman. Maddie Beekman, (laughs) she is a high school senior, which is amazing that you are still in school. But the super exciting part of school for you, Madison, is that you're at a communications high school. And 10, 20 years ago, plus when when I was in high school, (laughs) there was only a regular high school and a trade high school. So there there was no such thing as communications. Um, The computer classes that we ended up taking, you know, we learned Oregon Trail. Uh, Not sure if you're familiar with that. But, but, um, you know, it's important to, to get out there. It's pretty amazing that you are uh, you 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 are at a communications high school so can you tell us a little bit about that yeah so um it's a vocational school in monmouth county so you have to apply to get in um so my eighth grade year i was at st rose grammar school i kind of was set on going to st rose high school i was like i'm not gonna leave my friends um but then i kind of was just like it's such a good opportunity i can't really pass it up And I talked it over with my mom, and I actually would have had to cut back on dance if I had gone to St. Rose, since it's obviously a private school and you have to pay for it and stuff. Um, So I decided that's not really what I wanted to do, and I thought if I didn't like it, I could always transfer, and then obviously I couldn't do it the other way. So I was like, I think... I think this is right for me. And it turned out it was. So I'm really happy. And it's got to be amazing. Um, You know, it's always finding the silver linings, right? And especially with this year, um, going to a communications high school, right now the world is all virtual that it's set up for you. You know, we're setting you up for success. And and with that success, I know there comes the ultimate gray part of those silver linings and those heavy clouds. And, And that gray part is the fact that it's been almost a year, almost 365 days since your last live performance on stage. And for any professional in their craft, two months right, is a long time. A weekend goes for a long time. And to be in high school, to be a student, and to be driven by your craft, to hone in on your craft, and, and to really know if that's the path that you want to take in life, um, it has to come with some mixed feelings that, you know, you haven't had a chance to perform with everything going on. And uh, turns out coming up next weekend, you'll have your first live performance on stage at a, at a competition for your first competition yeah. for 2021. How does that make you feel? It's so exciting, but it's also kind of scary because, like you said, it's been so long. And usually I was used to that. Like I would be doing it every weekend, but now it's like... I've gone so long doing Zoom in my house on dance classes on like my kitchen table. Like I have no room. So we got kind of used to that. So so everything is kind of just readjusting to that new normal. Um, We got baby Addison talking here. (laughs) 
she wants to say something about performing too. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited to get back. I think it's a long time coming. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. So the purpose of our podcast, once again, uh, Kickball Change, the KBC, is really understanding that um, we want our viewers and our listeners to know that you can push forward. You may end up rocking back and and ultimately coming back into the same place where you started from. So almost feeling like all your effort brings you nowhere, brings you to the same place, and you know, for many of us right now, it's circling and understanding how can we be positive? How can we be motivated? Um, the crafts that we want to go for in the world that we're living in right now. So it's really about designing our own destiny and staying motivated and, and the importance of it all. And I, I'm super excited to welcome one of our first guests here, Ms. Barbara Perrin. So, um, and I know Maddie, you're going to have <laughs> so much to ask her and so much to say. Um, what's amazing about Ms. Barbara Perrin is that she is a studio owner. She's had her dance studio now in Wall Township, New Jersey for over 35 years. And for a small business, woman run, that's just, that's, I mean, what else can we say about that? Exactly. (laughs) We got to clap for that. I mean, it's a pretty, it's pretty powerful. It's a reminder that, you know, yes, right now our culture is strong women, but we've had strong women for over 40 years because just because she's had her business for 35 doesn't mean it didn't start out with success. She's worked hard. She's persevered. She has done it all. And she's done it with a smile. And for any viewers at home, if you've ever watched that dance, the show Dance Moms, you may know a little something about that. It's not just the kids. It's not the dancers. It's also about the parents. It's also about the families. And I have to say, what amazes me about this woman is that not only has she had her studio for 35 years, but some of her original dancers now have their daughters dancing under her direction at her studio. And there's something to be said about that. There's something to be said that you trust your knowledge and your experience with this woman. And it's so powerful. So again, just just the fact of that. And in Wall Township, for those of you that may not be familiar with Monmouth County, New Jersey, it's a nice county, but there's probably a dance studio located within every three to five miles, no matter which way you turn. And one way we turn, we're right at the ocean. So we really only have three sides that we're working with. So the competition is fierce to stay afloat with this type of business. Miss Barbara Perrin has had her dancers tour internationally and not a lot of dance studios can say that Um, with the dancers workshop she formed the seacoast dancers which is the competition team for the girls that want to perform a little bit more want to strive for um, different ways of competing and dancing and showcasing their dance skills and Miss Barbara Parent started that in 1985 and was invited to go to Vegas to perform with the girls. She took young girls and their parents to Vegas, but also internationally. She took them to Russia. And that trip that she took over to Russia was an invitation from the president. So not only was she asked to perform there, but it was an invitation from the sitting president of the United States of America. And, you know, that that went a long way. And it was for a cultural exchange, for understanding that dance is its own language. And no matter the language barriers, no matter the progression or regression or oppression that takes place in and around the world dance is its own language and it's a hidden language of the soul and we can all communicate through the movement and through the power of that um 
She also has some fantastic choreographers, her daughter being one of them. But with her dancers and with the troupe that she has, they've competed. They've won Capizio Ace Awards, which is an industry standard, which is absolutely fantastic. And she's also toured and had her performers recognized at Industry Dance Awards out in L.A. So... With that being said, Ms. Madison, what do you have to say about our guest before we interview her and welcome her into our show? I mean, Miss Barbara is like my second mom and has been for quite some time now, um, since I was three. And actually before that, my aunt, um, she taught my aunt. My aunt actually went to Russia. Um, yeah, long time ago. <laughs> and my sister before me, she's two years older. So um, she's kind of always been that second mother figure in my life, which I am so grateful for. And I hope she continues to be that even when I'm in college. I hope she knows that I will be coming back, calling her every day. Um, so just prepping her for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really excited that she's here today. Awesome. Well, welcome, Miss Barbara Perry. Oh, thank you for having me, Miss <laughs> Megan. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so our purpose here, Miss Barbara, is to enlighten our viewers of how we can stay inspired through kickball change circumstances. So, you know, Madison, go ahead. Let's get yeah. it going. All right. What would you say led you to, like, follow the path? Like, what did you, like, what made you want to become a dance studio owner, a dance teacher? Um, it didn't, it wasn't one of my, um, dreams. I would, I think it was, um, a far reach for me. I used to teach dance, but, um, so a tragedy changed my life forever, meaning to have the opportunity to own a dance studio. So when I was teaching uh, younger and I was in freehold, um, the woman who was mentoring me and I was teaching under, uh, died tragically overnight and her husband asked me to run the business and I was scared I was young I knew nothing um, but I did it um, and then after a while it was um, it wasn't that we were getting along I was just feeling that I did all the work and I was running the business and I needed I was like well, should I should I try it should I go out on my own and um and then ultimately I did. And it was scary because I knew absolutely nothing. So the tragedy of her death changed my life in so many ways, but in so, you know, missing her, but that opportunity came and then I never looked back. There's my kickball change for one of them. I have a lot of them, but that's one that um, just changed my life drastically. Um, it was horror. I was young. I was like 21. It was just horrible. And I'll never forget getting that call. But then from there, you know, you just go on, you, you move forward and you just keep and, and blindly, blindly, because no one at the time, I think there was very few dance studios and I didn't know any of the owners. So I was I was like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea. I just know how to dance. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was uh, that's what happened. And and it wasn't like I didn't want to ever own a dance studio, but it was, it was like something that was I was young. It was something that I didn't think that I could ever. I mean, I thought you had to have a lot of money and I thought, you had, you know, it was just something that wasn't in in. It was probably maybe obviously in the way back of my mind. But at that time, I was like, oh, I was just happy teaching, doing, you know, what I love, doing the kids and stuff. So, yeah, that's how that happened. Yeah. Um, can you remember a time that you felt challenged in high school and like how dance kind of helped you through that? 
Um, yeah. Um, high school is tough, right? You yeah. know, like high school is a really tough time. It's a little bit better than junior high, but high school is tough. And, you know, we're all trying to find our way. And it's interesting because everyone always wants you to know what you want to do for the rest of your life when you're in high school. And you're like, how does this happen? Um, so, like I said, it's tough in high school. And I just remembered there wasn't one specific, you know, thing that happened to me, but I was really, really skinny. And uh, you know, Madison, how I hate when I really dislike when people <laughs> call people skinny because it's like calling someone Absolutely. fat and it's not, it, it's really not nice. And they used to call me skinny because I was skinny, but I was, to me, I was, I, w I was skinny, but I was powerful. So dance changed my attitude towards myself because when I would go to school with my school friends, um, I would get this, you know, Barbara, Barbara's skinny, Barbara's this, Barbara's that. But then when I would go to my dance class, I became something um, other than skinny mini. I became strong and and beautiful and what was the other word? Um, it was, I just felt like beautiful. I just felt not skinny. I felt strong and powerful. I guess that's what it is. So it really wasn't just one thing in high school. I think it was more that... Um, when the way people perceive you yeah. in high school and then when you go to dance class with your other friends um and yeah you can have both school friends and dance friends and and you can co-mingle with each other but um you know it was very interesting how to me those two things were so different yeah. to me i mean i remember going to dance class and my dance teacher was just so wonderful i loved her and she would make me feel powerful and feel graceful and feel you know that kind of stuff so um there wasn't one instance yeah i don't know about you is there an instance because for me there wasn't it was just like an ongoing thing yeah um and going to dance class just kept me I mean, I'd love to go. I've, I never missed dance class. I mean, unless I didn't have a ride or something happened, there was just, there was no way I was ever going to miss dance yeah. class. It made me feel, it well, made me who I am today. So it made me feel great. Yeah. I mean, I think the same thing. It's almost like that escape from yeah. any like outside world, especially like within the last year, I've definitely been struggling with staying home all the time and, you know, like actually being motivated to do things and dance has definitely helped me like mm. continue that and keep that schedule even if it's not really like even if I was at home I still had dance to like be on a schedule have things to do see my friends and that was good yeah the motivation right is, yeah is definitely. key for you now especially with COVID but um for just that sanity of who you are as a person and what you like and sometimes with dance in high school Things are different now for you, but when I was younger, we didn't even have girls' sports. Yeah. So nobody, like, dance, who does that? No one understood any, you know, so they didn't understand. So, you know, we had Girls Athletic Association where they did, like, a little thing on the side. So we really didn't have anything for girls, which that really is sad because it really makes me feel like I'm really old. <laughs> um, but, yeah. All right. Um, what was the hardest part of the journey for you? my journey to own the dance studio yeah. so well for let me backtrack there's a kickball change so my journey for dance in general um to get to dance class I was raised I mean my parents were divorced so my mom worked a full-time job I sometimes had to ride my bike to school or different things I'd probably like cry right now but um 
And I had three jobs. So it was like school, three jobs and getting to dance class. It was it was that's the hard part of me struggling to get to dance class. Um, But as far as the business, owning the business and running the business, the struggles were immense because I was blind. I had no idea what I was doing. It was just the thing day after day, like, oh, something else would pop up. I'm like, well, how do I do with this? Or how do I do it? So the struggles of, you know, I remember sitting in the studio um, when I first opened it and waiting there from like nine in the morning to nine o'clock waiting for the phone to ring. And maybe it didn't ring at all. Maybe it rang at once because there was no computers. No one knew how to find you unless you walked by, drove by, or someone told you. So I would go home sometimes at night and cry going, no, my God, the phone didn't ring today. But I mean, the struggles is for me were just the business side of it because now kids are so lucky. They get to go to school for dance and during the dance, you know, education at college, they teach you how to do a business and you guys are just so lucky with that. And then that's why there's so many more now because women are empowered that they can do this. But the struggle is also there because you have to have your, I think you have your, you have to have your mission. You have to set what you want out of your dance studio that sets you apart from other dance studios. Yeah. So those were my struggles. Um, what's one thing you wish you had known like back then? Or like if you could go back and tell yourself something? Um, I don't think I am. Um, if I, I guess if, if it was to be in general was to not worry would that be like don't worry all I did was worry yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so any entrepreneur going into a business is worried um but going in like now so if you decide you want to open a dance studio you can go to school for business and you learn how to deal with businesses and and you're a good dancer so you keep up your craft by taking class going to dance conventions all that stuff but going in blindly was again was so frightening for me (laughs) so I wish I knew more about that I do remember going there was not many places that you could do you could go there was dance educators or whatever and I remember reading a lot of books and about business and I remember reading the one book um it was written I don't remember the name of it but it was written by the man who started McDonald's and it was how, you know, a lot of people go into business because, like, say, for instance, a hairdresser, they they do hair, but they don't know about business. So then they have to run the business and they forget about their hair. And I never wanted to do that. I always wanted like that's it's so funny that yes, that because there are times where people are like, Barbara, you didn't cash my check. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to run the business, too not just dance yeah. or teach dancing and concentrate on the dance or the choreography. I still have to run the business. Ugh. And I didn't like that part as much. Yeah. I mean, now it's getting better because you have the computer and it's easier. So yeah. 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 Um, what's one common myth about your profession that, or like dance in general that you like want to debunk? Um, well, there's, tons of things that she can debunk with dancing just like that's what, gonna be its own podcast yeah that's yeah. your own <laughs> podcast that should be Megan because oh, absolutely. like um just when men uh, when Megan mentioned dance moms there's one that yeah. like dance teachers are mean which they're not um well I guess some of them some are, are yeah. um and then um I think boys dancing 
um, is something that should be addressed more. But you know what? I think that that's just an America thing. It's mm-hmm. a United States yeah. thing. I really do. I just think it's like over in Europe or South America, if you're a boy and you don't dance. Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. Why aren't you dancing? Here, it's a direct opposite. And I don't know if dance teachers alone can do that. I think, like, that's a, yeah. I don't know. Society. What, yeah, that's a society <laughs> thing. Even, like, with women, you know, right? Like, we yeah. have a, we came such a long way as women, but we have a lot more yeah. road ahead of us. So, with dance, that is. And also, I think, um, um, I, you know, as far as um, the what a dancer is supposed to look like yeah um in 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 you know in like ballet when balancing was there everybody was tall and thin and you know um but that's not how it is and it doesn't always have to be that way um you know yeah if you're going to be lifted by a partner you know you have to have a strong partner but it doesn't it's not skinny anymore or just tall anymore or you know those things i think those things are still happening. Um, I know. Do you, um, so on a side note, do you find that a lot of, that you've noticed a lot of students over the years, um, any changes of that, of body weight, of body image? Do you see your dancers still struggling with the same that they did 30 years ago? No. Is it worse? Do you feel like... Um, no, it's better. It's it way better. better. It's That's better. Wonderful. I mean, in my studio, I don't, we don't have, do we have anybody that work well? Um no, not really. Like in the majority of people, it's still, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that in the dance industry change that, like me and Michael's changed that. Absolutely. And um, I just went down to help my daughter with um, the dance team in college that she um, choreographs for. And not one of the girls are AKA skinny like I was. They were all powerful women. And so I think that's, that's there, good. That's there's something good. to be said about, um, size and, and it's power yeah. it's not it shouldn't be judged upon the the look anymore and the physique but it's the mm-hmm. power and that's really what it comes down to and i think um barbara i think you can agree upon this that sometimes parents mistake sizing of their children for the power of their children um, and, and how to address that and how to continue to support them mm-hmm. no matter their size whether they are unfortunately the, the skinny minis, like right. you were, and you were called Vaughn, or are they, you know, the larger, taller, you know, more muscular women, and and how to support them, and yeah. and parents Absolutely. need to support their children, yeah, no matter what. Well, they parents still come saying, "Oh, my daughter's not a dancer because you know she's not going to be tall, or she's not going to," you know, they still parents still have that myth. And parents still have the myth about, oh, I don't want to, you know, have my son dance. So, you know, and it's it's educating them. We used to go into schools on National Dance Week. We haven't done it in a while, but we would, you know, educate the kids on it. But I, I used to say we should just get the parents in here because the more boys wanted to do, interestingly enough, they wanted to do the ballet. They weren't just stuck on like a hip hop or type. They wanted to do ballet. They wanted to lift the girls up. They wanted, you know, that kind of stuff. So, but it is educating the parents as well. And that's society. You're right, yeah. Madison. That's, I mean, I don't, I mean, I would, I do my best. We do our best, yeah. try, you know. But, but there's such a stigma that yeah, there it's is. almost impossible to 
Well, hopefully, you know, when you're my age, it won't be like that anymore. Hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So going back, what would you say is your biggest or one of your biggest kickball change moments? The moment you felt you went backwards, stayed in place, um, which ultimately got you to move forward? Um, There was, well, there was a lot of them, like I said, in the beginning of the podcast, but um, when I when I started my studio, I was in a small space in Neptune City, and then I I took a leap and I moved to a bigger space in Wall Township. Um, but the defining moment, my kickball change moment with that, was when um, I there was enough students to warrant another dance room and that was really exciting for me and my sister was part of that as well she wasn't an owner she she taught a lot of classes she came back from college so she was a very big part of my life she still is of course but um so we had at that time two dance rooms and then um then one day it was it was um she wanted to go back to school and study nutrition and and then i was like wait you're leaving me? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm sorry, but I got to do what I got to do. Um, so it was in the, in the middle of the year and I had to like rearrange things and who was going to teach for me. Robin was a big, you know, she had a lot of classes and oh my gosh. So my moment was backwards like, oh no, if, am I going to have to go back to one room again and and, yeah. and not have the, give these kids the opportunity because like I said there wasn't that many dance studios around then and like there had all these kids and I was oh my gosh what am I going to do but ultimately I did close that room um, because I couldn't do it by myself and and again blindly no business ma- management skills um, I didn't know how I was going to do that but I did finally open the room again so there it is yeah back forward back forward so it was forward for me with Robin coming after college and and teaching all these classes and opening another room with all of these kids and then backwards when she left and then forward again and here we are yeah Yeah. um who are three people that you feel have been like the most influential to you um I thought about this a lot and I, I there's just so many people that on a daily basis that still influence me. Yeah. Um, you. <laughs> Thanks, Barb. Megan. I mean, everybody. My daughter influences yeah. me the way I think, the way I change things. But I think ultimately uh, the three people were maybe um, my dad because as parents do, they're, they go blindly anyway. They're yeah. like, oh, you could do it. You could do anything. You could do whatever you want. You know, and back then... Like my, you know, my father's dead and he, he was 85 when he died and that was 10 years ago. So things are changing again, but you could do it, Barbara. Just don't question yourself. Just, he just, he just blindly enough just said whatever, you know, when I moved to Wall Township, he's like, you could do it. Go ahead. Just go for it. And he was the one that gave me that encouragement Mm -hmm. and thinking that I can do anything even though he knew absolutely nothing what I was doing. <laughs> I'm like, Dad, you don't know what what it costs to, you know, to now have this much rent instead of that much rent. Yeah. He's like, don't worry about it. it. You'll do it. I have faith in you. So he, you know, he was good that way. The, the other one, of course, was my dance teacher always mm-hmm. made me feel um, great and, and positive. And she, I had such a, I had a relationship with her 
like you have with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I used to sleep over her house. We used to do things together. It was just, it was just such a wonderful. So she influenced me tremendously, especially because I came from a single mom. And then, you know, and then I would spend weekends sometimes with my dad and struggled to get to dance class, who was going where and all that other kind of stuff. So definitely um, my dance teacher and my dad. And I just think right now it's like the people that I surround myself with that influence me. Like, um, like I said, last night I went down to the university with Erin and she was influencing me as, as, you know, when we were doing that, Miss Miss Megan continually, you know, Robin, they always, everybody always has so many, uh, my family is so, they are all encouraging. My, my whole family is. But my kids too, my dance, my you, the senior girls, the junior girls, they just constantly, in, they, I don't know if that word is influence, but inspire and, um, and want me to be better for you. Yeah. Like it's easy at my age to say, uh, you know, whatever. But then I always have, you know, Megan call me up or Aaron call or you or somebody and just like, oh, yeah, that's why I do that. Yeah, that's why that's why I do this. So, yeah. Yeah. So going back to um, your sister, Robin, you both choreographed a full ballet. Yeah. um, Enchanted Garden. So So much fun. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, that was such a fun time and stressful time for us. But um, uh, yeah, we decided Let's do something more for the kids other than the recital. Like, what else can we do to help them perform? Because dancing is the performing art. So we wanted to perform more. And we're like, let's just focus on the ballet. So we work really well together, Robin and I. Sometimes she knows what I'm thinking. Sometimes I know what she's thinking. So we worked and we we went to, um, are you allowed to say, we we went to this uh, record store and, and Red Bank and just spent a zillion dollars because you couldn't listen to music. It was yeah. weird for that particular time. I remember being able to listen to music sometimes, but we bought all this classical and we decided that we wanted, we didn't want piano. We wanted more fluty things and stuff like that. So we, I mean, now our knowledge of classical music is crazy. Yeah. We know everything. And then we just, we made up this story about this little gardener and and how her garden came to life. I mean, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different ballets like that too. But we had we have a little twist and stuff, yeah. so it was so much fun. And we and we do that every other year because it is a big um, commitment. Um, there's a lot of moving parts that have to come together, not yeah. just a recital where you know one dance. You know, as you know, this dance, this class does this thing, that class, this Mm -hmm. is all the classes combined. And, you know, it's just like going to, you know, Lincoln Center. So that was so much fun, though. And we bonded so much on that. And and she's still a part of it. You know, she comes in and (laughs) does her thing with the big flower and the gardener. And she just has to have and we change. We don't change it every year. We change it up a little year. So one year the bees are little four-year-olds another year the bees are 16 year olds so it was so much fun we had a great time with that yeah so this year we'll be doing a garden ballet a little excerpt from it i think yeah um unfortunately yeah Yeah. because of everything going on Um, yeah and madison's gonna be the big flower which is i mean they're all big solo parts i mean you know ali your sister did the the rose which is and they're all very very difficult to do um i don't know why everyone aspires to to be the big flower i don't know why i mean your sister never did she always wanted to be the rose yeah. um but um yeah so we're only going to do a little excerpt of it because of covid and how many people you can have and yeah. you know so 
unfortunately, but you still get, so it's, it's yeah. the whole first act that we do. So there's, there is still a lot of people, but it's yeah. still COVID CDC rules. Yeah, so definitely. We're good. Um, what advice would you give to someone wanting to pursue a career similar to what you do? Is that you? <laughs> I don't know. It could be any, I mean, it could be either like owning a dance studio yeah. or just dance in general. It doesn't have to be necessarily about yeah. the business aspect. Well, dance in general, I mean, Megan can attest to this. If you want something, you have to go for it over and over and over and over again. Like, um, you have to give yourself time. You have to have a lot of patience. And, um, yeah, there's going to be ups and downs, kickball changes, where you go for an audition and you know you were the best one in that room. Um, Not to be conceited or something, but you knew, like, you nailed the turns. You did this. You did that. But you know, somebody knows somebody or somebody looked different than you. And, and that's depressing and you can go home and cry sometimes. But, um, yeah, um, a lot of patience is needed, a lot of patience, but a lot of drive, like, uh, you can't, you, and time, you can't give up. Like you just can't go to LA and stay there for three months and say, okay, done. You know, I mean, there's tons of stories around, you know, about actors and, and dancers who didn't make it. And then they made it when, you know, a Broadway star got sick or whatever. So there is a lot of, so, you know, a lot of, I just time, patience, um, belief, and really believing in yourself and how, like for me, it was like how I view myself. Like when I was starting my business, if I, yes, I didn't know anything, but I still believed in myself stupidly, but it worked. (laughs) It did work out. Yeah. Right. Like, but I, when I look back, like when Megan said she wanted to do this podcast, I thought, oh my God, this is going to make me look back that many years, like in depth, many (laughs) years. Like we did the show, like whatever it was the the anniversary show a while Mm -hmm. ago, but it didn't, I just looked back at the dances, but not yeah. my life in general like that. So it was, it was, it was, uh, when I did look back, I did remember so many things and, you know, there, there were like anger, you know, angry parts and then there were sad parts and there was happy parts. And yeah. So I guess that was, is that a good enough answer? Yeah. For you? Okay. <laughs> or um, was there something else that you might need as an individual if, if you were thinking about that? I mean, no, I think it's just definitely, like you said, that belief in yourself more than anything, because if you don't have that, then I don't think you can really make it in anything. No, and there's a little bit of luck. Yeah. I mean, there is a lot of luck. Right day at the right time. Right day. (laughs) But if you don't go to that audition because you don't think, I remember my daughter going to an audition where they called for, you know, short, dark haired girl. She says, what the heck? I'm just going to go anyway. Maybe we're going to change their mind. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what resources would you say have helped you the most along the way? Um, well, along the way is a long way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm old, so that's a long way. So back in the day, it was just books. Mm-hmm. It was books, going to the library, watching, um, you know, uh, videos and stuff like that. But now, like I said in the beginning, we only had dance educators and I went to get my um, AKA degree with dance educators and stuff like that, but they helped the dancer. They really, I mean, dance educators was, was about teaching dance, but not the business of dance. And there's mm-hmm. two to like, you could be a dance teacher at the studio, but you know nothing about business. Yeah. Yeah. So now, you know, they have, um, like I know uh, one of the, um, big names in dances, Reed Golden, he has, 
Project Motivate to motivate dance business owners because owners have a lot of stuff that they have to um, deal with. Yeah. Well, you know, you're dealing with your children, you're dealing with their parents, you're dealing with your landlord, you're dealing with all these kind of different yeah. rules. So um, as a business owner, it's a – and also it's a never-ending 24-7 job. Yeah. 24-7. <laughs> and I, I think – I think eat, walk daily as a dancer and a dance studio owner. There's not a day that goes by. Like I remember one, I think it was like last month I've, I was, I mean, we're in COVID time. So my, my, you know, everybody's jittery and everybody's on edge and everybody's cranky a little. And, and I say, that's it. I'm going to, I'm not going to check my emails on Sunday. Well, that was a really bad idea. (laughs) Because, like, when I woke up on Monday morning, I had a bazillion yeah. emails. I'm like, well, this isn't worth it because now I'm spending double time. So it is a 24-7 job. Yeah. And everybody, all the parents want you available all, all the time. of the time. Yeah. And for me, I run a small business. So if you had a bigger studio, you would probably have a management, yeah. you know, that you have to go through her first before you go and talk to the owner, which is a great idea. But I personally, for me... I didn't ever want that because I remember when I, ha- you know, I'd like to know each individual kid yeah. at least a little bit. And so I like to deal with, I like knowing the parents and what happens with the kids. Like, why is this kid ornery today? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, let maybe something happen at home. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so how has dance in obviously COVID um, changed like your thinking on everything or like your, I guess your life in general? Um, well, with dance, ooh, right? <laughs> yeah. COVID was just, I mean, thank God we had Zoom, right? Yeah. Because if it was me when I was little, there would be no, what do you do? Yeah. You're just going to be dancing in your own self, little tiny room, but <laughs> no instruction. Yeah. No, you know, you're not training. Yeah. You could be dancing in your own room, but you're not training. You're not getting the training. And yes, training was, is extremely hard on Zoom, as we know, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> And I would say, Maddie, you got to back up. I can't see your feet or, you know, and then, you know, especially with, you know, technical classes, you have to see your alignment and you, you, you know, the teachers at my studio are very hands-on, you know, they're touching your back and they're saying, this is how you have to do, this is what you have to feel. And then not to do that was frustrating yeah. in the least for me and, and the teachers, but I guess for you as well. Like yeah, that, I cried a lot. Yeah. But- you didn't cry on screen. You cried off screen. Off screen, yeah. Yeah. And, and <laughs> After the fact. After the fact. But in all honesty, as a teacher looking at you through Zoom, you could tell. Yeah. I mean, you could tell when you had enough. You can't do this anymore. Why am I doing this? That kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure you had your support of your parents to, to – yeah, because, yeah. I mean, everything was taken away from you. Yeah. So – and – so you couldn't see your dance friend. I mean, your school friend. You couldn't go to school. So zooming on dance was the only thing that you really had, and it was better than nothing. But it wasn't great. Yeah. Um, but COVID did. It didn't change the way I I I teach or anything. I think what it did it, it reinforced my belief in what I do because I I am your second mom. I'm your doctor. I'm your therapist. I mean, right? Like everything. Th- everything. So, and that's, but some studio owners don't do that. They just own the studio and they run it and they say, you know, they have a ballet, a ballet person in charge of the ballet, you know, a, 
classes and then they have somebody in charge of the hip hop classes and they really don't get to know the person. So it really went into my philosophy of knowing the child, knowing what they, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, my therapist, no, but um, I know a lot about children (laughs) and I can, I can read them a lot. And because I've been dealing just like your mom with kids Mm -hmm. and, and she's a teacher and she knows. So, um, I think what it did was reinforce that I like the kind of business that I built and it might not be the biggest dance studio around, but it's, and I hate to say best, but it's maybe the warmest or the most comfortable. And yeah, do I, do I yell at my students a little bit, but okay, well, in order to train, you have to have a little bit of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Discipline. Yes, <laughs> discipline. Like you just can't go, oh, that was great, Maddie, when it really wasn't, yeah. you know, or else no one would be, you wouldn't be a success. Yeah. You know, I mean. Constructive criticism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's tough these days because, you know, everybody wins. Everybody gets yeah. a trophy and their parents don't want their kids to get, um, you know, corrected. And there is a difference between being corrected and being yelled at for doing like you're not lying. You're not cheating. You're not stealing. Right. Yeah. You're just being corrected. Yeah. Fix your arm. You know, and so. that's what we're there for in class and stuff. Yeah. So I don't think COVID, I mean, yes, it changed us. Yeah. Right. And the way, you know, like I can't, I, at this point in time, I can't wait to hug. Like I every, how many times have we hugged before COVID? We hugged every day. Every day. Yeah. Every day. If something happened, you would get a hug, you would get a kiss, you would, you would, you know, it's just, it's that way. It's awful. But you know, then when it does happen again, then we're just going to be, we're going to forget all about this. And yeah. We're just gonna, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like we took all those things for granted. And yes, it's like realizing that now. But and it's I think, really sad now because now it's like, okay, now it's a year, right? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I can't anymore. But I think like you were saying, that connection with the students and the parents has definitely helped with the success of your studio and success, not meaning, like you said, it's giant, but meaning mm-hmm. you're successful in what you do and you think that you're obviously having a positive impact on your students. Yeah. Um. So one last question. If you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked yourself that I did it? I have no idea. What didn't you ask yourself? No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I'm right. Okay. So going back to high school, how do you know, how do, how does society actually think that you know what you want to do when you're a senior in high school? I don't know. It's, (laughs) it's ridiculous because people change and you like just the other day when we were talking, when one of our student, one of our students is like, I want to be a dentist because she wants to make a lot of money. Okay. But that's her little 16 year old self. Yeah. Right. Like, um, so when she gets to 18 and she doesn't want to, you know, do that. And then when she gets to 21 and, you know, yeah. so as far as what I would ask myself, like, um, I don't know. I, I just think it would be again, like it's, it's that stupid cliche, like follow your heart, but, um, and your heart changes all the time. Like you can still love dance. I can't imagine Sometimes I don't imagine how when you have a drive and when you and there's a difference, too, because if you're not passionate, you'll probably never dance ever again after high school. But if you're passionate, you've got to have it in your life somewhere along the line. And I think that's with any 
anything, like whatever, if you're passionate about sewing, like, you know, going to college and doing your four years of college and having fun and doing all that kind of stuff and studying. And then, but eventually sewing will come back to you or that's just a stupid thing to say, but you know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know what I would ask myself other than you can't ask yourself, are you sure? And that's a sad thing because I remember, I remember applying for colleges and not everybody went to college when I, when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had college prep and that was like the big, you know, the big step up from just regular general classes. Um, I mean, we actually had typing. So how's that? I mean, um, so I don't know what I would ask myself other than maybe just, just, I don't know, have like, don't be so hard on yourself. Don't be, Right. Like, especially for you. But there's a lot of kids like that. I was like that. My daughter's like that. Like, don't be so hard on yourself if you can't figure it out right now, because there are things that happen in your life that change. Kickball change. Like when that when my um, the person who owned the studio that I was teaching with tragically died, it changed my life. Yeah. So you don't know, you could walk out of here and something would change your life. Maybe this will change your life. Maybe your communication's going on, I don't really want to communicate. And now you're like, oh, this is kind of cool right now. I think I might want to do this. But that doesn't mean you have to do it forever, especially a female. Yeah. Yeah. For me, anyway. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. For this joining is so fun. Um, it was my pleasure to talk to you. Um, and your social media is at Dancers Workshop NJ. You would know. I would know. <laughs> I don't do any of that stuff. <laughs> and then the website is dancersworkshoponline.com. Um, if you want to reach out to Barbara, you can find her contacts there, the studio contacts there. Um, I think that is everything we have for today. Yeah, and um, and to, to plug, right, we have uh, some virtual classes still supporting the students um, that may and the families that may not be comfortable with coming yep. into the studio. Yep. Um, you are doing the garden ballet an excert of it this season yeah as next well season as is our tis the season tis the yes. season a christmas show yeah which always holds my heart uh, yes. quite <laughs> quite dear and near for me um but i think it's also nice that you you run summer camps too so yep. for um any families that may be in the new jersey area during the summer um you know if you're looking for different fun and unique ways i think we can agree that dance creates the discipline and it's that commitment to discipline that allowed you to have all of your kickball changes throughout the years and to still stay strong stay stay true to yourself mm-hmm. and that's being yeah. a passionate teacher and, and being an educator and I think um, it's very important to have those uh, to have strong and powerful women that mold us that remind us of the commitment to discipline and so I commend you and I thank you thank for you. joining us on our kickball fun. change podcast yes. yeah. Very awesome first one. <laughs> all right well uh, to our viewers and our listeners thank you so much and uh, we'll see you soon all right bye, bye. you Thanks for listening to the Kickball Change podcast. For more episodes, information, or feedback, make sure you check us out at thekickballchange.com.